Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. When you go through a loss, like a miscarriage or um, losing an infant, first of all, you deal with intense shock, you know, but then after that, you have a tendency to feel like you're alone, almost isolated. And that is something that we we want to we want to put that thought to bed right here on Life 107.1. Um we have our friend, Dr. Heidi Warner, here. And whenever we have to talk about something serious, we bring Dr. Heidi in because she brings a level of credibility that Taylor and I might not <laughs> we've, necessarily We've never been able to bring that. <laughs> <laughs> and so thank you for being here, Dr. Here. Heidi. It's really good to have you here. Um, you know, it the statistic you were just mentioning off air, the statistic is one in four people right. have dealt with a pregnancy loss um, or infant loss. But here in this room, we're actually three for three. We are. And when our friend Sarah, uh, who works here at Life 107.1, joins us, we'll be four for four. The fact is, is that this is extremely prevalent, but it is something that we don't talk much about. Um, You know, I could talk a little bit about my story and Taylor can talk a little bit about he and Lindsay. But why don't you tell us just a little bit about what you and Luke have experienced? Yeah. So we uh, had our son. Um, he will be 10 this year, which is crazy to think about. Ben. Ben. Big Ben. <laughs> yep. He's awesome. We all love him here. And when he was about a year old, we went through a uh, baby loss season. Mm. And we ended up having um, five miscarriages and losing six babies in a relatively short period of time. Wow. And it was at that point that we basically just said uncle. And we said um that's enough loss. Mm-hmm. And so we are thrilled to have Benjamin. Um, but we have six babies waiting in heaven for us. Wow. Yep. Wow. And so if, if anybody knows a lot about loss, it's you. And it's pro- it's not a club that anybody, any of us want to join. But it is very significant that you doing what you do in in life, the, the abilities that God has given you, that you you don't just understand, you empathize with those of us that have gone through this. There's something you can't know about the grace of God and his presence that meets you in the midst of tragedy unless you've walked through it yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we have walked through and I have seen. And and when I offer hope to clients, it's not a hope that I don't know deeply myself. It's a hope that comes from walking a really dark and hard path. Dr. Heidi, thank you so much for being here. We're talking about Hope after loss. Yes. And in specific, the loss of miscarriage or infant loss. This is pregnancy loss and infant loss awareness month, something that all three of us are intimately acquainted with. And soon our friend Sarah is going to join us. She is as well. Laura came in and told us her story, um, lost a child when she was eight months pregnant. And I heard her say it after that, when she was pregnant with her son, Michael, she wasn't able to be happy anymore. And and it does seem for those of us that have gone through this loss, you never go back to quote unquote normal again. And it doesn't, it's just so, I don't know if it seems kind of sad. It is. And, and she talked about how that grief of losing Christopher made it hard for her to enjoy her next pregnancy. Cause once mm-hmm. you know, grief, you can't unknow grief. Yep. And once you know that sometimes the worst case scenario happens, um, your hope can't come from saying, oh, this will never happen again, because sometimes it does. But we're we're believers. We're not called to live life as pessimists and always thinking that, you know, the worst is going to happen. How, how do you how do you recover from that? That's where our hope has to come from knowing God. And knowing that even in the midst of of tragedy and horror in the worst case scenario, our hope comes from knowing that he is enough and he will make himself known to us. Well, that is true. Yeah. 
God meets us in our pain. He's not immune to the pain. I, I always come back to the verse that says he stores our tears in a bottle. I love it. I he, love he it. doesn't just notice them. He holds on to them. They have value. And he gives them meaning. And their spiritual meaning and purpose in the struggles, this side of heaven. We're Taylor and Jen, joined by our good friend, Dr. Heidi, this morning. And our friend, Sarah, who yes. um, is another person here at Life 107.1, intimately acquainted with the uh, with pregnancy loss, infant loss, during this month where we are uh, being aware that these things have happened and talking about them a little bit more. But as believers, we've got a unique perspective because we believe that God is a good, good father. Mm. But yet... As believers, we still deal with these tragedies, Dr. Heidi, and we were talking a little bit earlier about the fact that God will help you through it. Yes. And and sometimes that's what the hope looks like. That is, and the hope comes back to the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. That, that Christ died on the cross, so that we could know the living God and have a relationship with the living God, and that when we have gone through the hardest of hearts, that he will make himself known in a way that you cannot understand unless you've walked that road. And sometimes it's not the way that you expect it to work. I was pregnant and I lost our baby at nine weeks mm. and I was devastated. Stayed in my room for almost a week crying. My husband didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say. And he finally made me go to church. Mm. And there were two other people at our church who were also pregnant. And I found out that both of them lost their babies as well. Mm. So all three of us together were in the same boat, and it just helped us to get through it. And I think God puts people in your lives, just like the music, where at the right place and the right time, that helps you through it. Wow. And gives you hope. I'm so glad you called and told that story because some people always think that the hope means another baby, right? Right. What what uh-huh. you what you're talking about is the hope that God will give you what you need to get you through it. Yes. We are talking about pregnancy loss and infant loss. And so just just a little warning if you've got little ears in the car and you think that this might be something that's a little a little bit much for them. We just wanted to let you know that um, we've we're asking for some amazing stories this morning from you at five one five three two seven one zero seven one. Some of them are are hard stories, but we serve a good good God, and there's always hope in the stories. My baby was thirty three months old, totally healthy, normal child. Um, she had a history of febrile seizures, and I left her for 34 minutes. And in that time frame, we think that she had a febrile seizure mm. and passed away in her sleep. Mm. I'm so and sorry. I found her. I coded her. I was able to get her back, but only for organ donation. Oh, I'm mm. so sorry. And it's been five years, but the God part of the story, there's so many parts. Her heart was totally fine, even though she was gone when I found her. We were able to donate her heart to a little girl who was placed on the transplant list the night that she died at her house. Mm. And her heart is still alive and beating and doing well. And her kidneys also went to a man who was on the transplant list 999 days. Mm. And she was alive 1,022 days. Mm. It was like he was waiting for her kidneys. So, again, just another positive way that God changes things. And I heard on the radio this morning, you know, once you understand grief, it doesn't go away. And it's, it's you know, you've always got this measure of sadness yeah. and that 
every emotion that we feel is okay and it's normal. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. yes. when we find ourselves happy and we feel sad, even when we're happy, that that's okay. Like, and it's okay to be happy. We don't have to be sad all the time, but just to feel those feelings, notice them and give them to God and just let them go. We're Taylor and Jen. And now special guest, Sarah, <laughs> who you hear if you call our front desk during business hours. She's a very dear friend of ours. You know, Sarah, at the end of that song, he says, I, she says, I trust the plan of the God who loves me. Mm. That's easy to say when things are going really well. Um, we here at Life 107.1, we're a close-knit little group of crazy people. <laughs> and, um, you know, we have watched you and your husband, Devin, go through uh, a, a unique, not so unique, but a unique situation of loss because... You've also gone through a battle with infertility. Um, So tell us a little bit about the loss that you've gone through with that journey. Um, And then we'll talk about the hope at the end of that. Yeah. Um, So uh, after my husband and I were married, we uh, tried right away for children. And it took about 14 months for us to get pregnant. So we were already kind of nervous. That took Mm -hmm. a long time. Um, we were pregnant and uh, about six weeks in, um, lost the pregnancy and we lost our baby. And um, that was really hard. Uh, and that began the process of us understanding that this wasn't just a, a momentary uh, loss, that it was actually infertility that we were dealing with. Um, and two years later, we got pregnant Um uh, through uh, through the help of our fertility doctor and then uh, lost a baby in 2019, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And uh, that was devastating mm-hmm. because we'd been waiting now for two years mm-hmm. um, and finally got there and, and then lost and uh, had to process that again. Um, Infertility is hard. Miscarriage is awful and it's just um but one thing and i'm going to point you back to that song we just heard i trust the plan of the god who loves me one thing that i know that taylor can say that we watched you and Devin go through this and you had never lost your faith in god every single Mm -hmm. step of the way and You've allowed God to use you in a really specific way right now. Yes. Um, So I I get to be a part of a a group uh, through our church that um, meet once a month. And it's a a group of women who have either lost um, babies or are going through infertility. And we get to walk this journey together and um, just pray for each other and lift each other up. And uh, God has honestly just allowed me to relate to these women because of my loss. And that's not a place I would have been otherwise. Um, So for me, there's hope in being able to share my story because it may help someone else. You also have a little bit of hope right there in front of you right now. Are we allowed to tell everybody the good news? Yeah, yeah. Um, right now we are uh, 35 weeks pregnant and um, only a couple weeks out from hopefully meeting this one. But it is definitely a scary process even in that. Mm-hmm. But Terrified? I think I heard Dr. Heidi ask you, are you terrified on some level? Oh, yes. And, and, the, and it has not, has not gone away at all, but... God has shown that he is trustworthy in the past 
in our losses. And so I believe that no matter what happens in the next few weeks, um, he is still trustworthy now. We are talking about uh, pregnancy and infant loss, but we've also also roped in their infertility because all of this is part of this intense struggle that many of us don't talk about. But God is good in the midst of all of that, and he gives us hope in different ways. I've been going through a difficulty with pregnancy for a long time, about, I'm going to say, 10 years. Um, I've had more miscarriages than I could count, <laughs> and um, it, and it's hard. Uh, but I thank you guys for mentioning that sometimes you feel like you're by yourself and you're alone, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate everybody's story that they're telling right now. I'm going through fertility right now, me and my husband, and praying to God and hoping that everything works out fine. But even if it does not, we trust God, Mm. and we know that he means nothing but good for us. You know, you go to the doctor, and they tell you you're getting older. They tell you everything that you don't want to hear. But then God tells you something different, that he is able, that he could do all things, and you, you, you have to... Learn to have faith and believe God. So right now I'm walking out this faith walk with God right now. And however it ends, I, I've already learned that he is good. Thank you for sharing. Um, Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm, I'm not as far along as you are in that. My wife and I have been trying for, for two, three years now. Um, and yeah, it's it's hard. I think Heidi said today that the hope doesn't come from uh, trusting that God's going to give you a baby, but that God is going to give you what you need. Um which is Amen. hard to hear, um, but you, you hit the nail on the head. You can trust that he's good. What I love is that Elizabeth has realized that that hope comes from letting um, who you know God to be shape how you see your circumstances, not your circumstances shape how you see God. And we have to fight for that sometimes. But when we fight for it, we have hope. It's Taylor and Heidi and Sarah. We're letting Jen take a little bit of a break. She's got to restock the Kleenex. Um <laughs> But we've been doing this morning of hope after loss, uh, specifically talking about infant loss and pregnancy loss, which we talk a lot about what moms go through with that. And you feel that Mm -hmm. so deeply Um, as a husband who has watched my wife go through infertility. uh, We had the loss of uh, an IVF baby that, I mean, Mm. didn't hardly even make it a couple weeks and it was already over. Um, but it was a loss. It, it was, was it was a loss. And I've I've had to reconcile that in my mind that it still quote unquote counts it does. as a loss. Um the thing that I have noticed is that I still grieve, but it the grief is very different from what Lindsay is going through. I, yes. and I'm, I'm sure you guys have noticed that with your husbands yes. as well. Yes. And uh, opposites attract, different hmm. people attract. And so that means that we process things differently. We handle things differently and we especially handle grief differently. And we have to start by giving each other um, permission for grief to look different and for that to be okay. Sarah, I think you talked about that a little bit. Yeah. um, After our uh, first miscarriage, actually, the day that we miscarried, um, it was actually really hard for me to kind of process the fact that my husband and I are so different. Um, I... I felt almost isolated. Yeah. He had to deal with things in his own way. And um, weeks later, I, I kind of came to terms with that and understood that he was grieving, even though he was not next to me grieving. Yeah, he uh, isolated more. He isolated. He went, played some video games. Yep. And I was, <laughs> I, I understood um, in my mind that that's what was going on. In my heart, I felt alone. Yes. Um, but 
reflecting back on that, I noticed that God was with me when I felt alone in those moments. And I realized that God was with him as Mm. he was grieving because he was still grieving our loss. It just looked different. And I had to be okay with that. And, And like you said, give permission to him for how he was going to process that grief. Yes, different is not wrong. And that's something that's very important to remember in marriage overall, but especially when you're going through grief. And to recognize that if you're a verbal processor, maybe your spouse isn't. Maybe you're the husband and you're the verbal processor and your wife isn't. You know, But recognizing that giving each other permission, acknowledging and saying, hey, I see you. I see that you're grieving. I see that it looks different than what I'm doing. And that's okay. And sometimes it helps to get support outside of the two of you because mm. the two of you, it's pretty intense, right? So so maybe you each need to talk to um, a trusted um, person to help you walk through that. I know for my husband, part of his grief was watching me grieve, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So he had a whole nother level of grief um, that was different than mine. And so he needed to think through and process it differently and talk to someone who wasn't me. I think the other thing I just want to say as a husband, um, if you are a wife and you're watching your husband lag behind you in the grief, the grief is so much less immediate for someone where the trauma did not happen inside his own body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to catch up and to acknowledge the loss that we felt because I had to first make it real to myself before sure. I could start feeling it, before I could start dealing with it. And it wasn't that I didn't love the baby, that I didn't love Lindsay. It was just that I had a different layer that I had to process through. One of the reasons why we have four of us in here is really to be an example of one of the things that we've all learned as we've gone through this So many of you that's called this morning have said thank you because we felt like we were alone. I -hmm. remember feeling so alone. I know, Heidi, you felt alone. I did. Sarah, you felt alone. Taylor and Lindsay, you feel alone. You feel isolated. Um, There's actually something that you really should do to combat that. And Sarah, God's used you in a really unique way to create your own community. So can you tell us a little bit about what you've done yeah. Um, so it's actually uh, my friend from church um, had experienced um, a number of miscarriages and really felt like our church needed to have a place for women uh, to really connect um, that are that are going through the process of grief, uh, whether it's miscarriage, infertility. Um, it's not like an official it's, program. It's it doesn't a, have a name. It's just no, one it's woman just decided... One, to open it up. Yeah. One of the things that we noticed when we started sharing our story was the fact that I had friends who had never shared mm-hmm. that yeah. they had experienced that loss. We had family members, grandparents who yep. were sharing with us. They had a loss years ago. Mm-hmm. My mother. And they didn't talk about it. I didn't even it. know that my mother had had yeah. a miscarriage until I had mine and we talked about it. People will come out of the woodwork. They do. Tell you a story. They really do. <laughs> they do. And so uh, we meet once a month. Um, it's a, a group of somewhere between five and eight of us right now. And it, it just kind of changes. But... We share where we're at. We pray for each other. And that has honestly been one of the one of the things that has helped me the most because you you put so much pressure on yourself that somehow this is your fault. Somehow this is something that you have to process on your own. And God doesn't call us to be alone. He calls us to be in community. Dr. Heidi, just jumping off of that, if you're talking to somebody right now who is 
either going through this loss or has never talked about it, how important is it for them? And, and where should they go? It's so important. And the thing is, is talking about it doesn't fix it, but it gives you a place to hold space for it and to be seen and to be heard and to work through that. And I think you can go to your church or to a different church that has a support group. Find someone who gets it, who can help you talk about it. Maybe it is a counselor. I've had the privilege of going through my own counseling about loss and also sitting on the in my chair as a psychologist, walking through this journey with other people. And it's it's a true privilege and it makes a difference to have a space to hold those emotions and to realize um, that this is hard, but you're going to be okay. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable going out and talking with people, I know, Sarah, you're on on uh, Facebook and there's a, a group of you ladies that get together on Facebook as well. And you just kind of uh, have stories for each other and you help each other even in that virtual space. Yeah, there are a number of different uh, pregnancy loss and fertility groups on Facebook and it's just a place to share who you are Mm -hmm. um, and what you're going through and to be reminded that this isn't this isn't a journey that you're on by yourself and you're on some island. There are so many people who are dealing with it. Yeah. So I say all that to say this. Please, please don't feel like you need to do this alone. No. Thank you for every single one of you that have called in and told us your story. One thing that we haven't really talked about, uh, Dr. Heidi, is the importance of commemorating a loss, a baby, yes, in some physical or tangible way. I know that's something that was really important to me and to you. Yes, yes. It's so important to do something with that emotion and do something with that grief. Um, but what that looks like can look like can be whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. Some people do candles. Um, we have uh, Hamilton's um, funeral home is where our little girl went to, and we have a little um, Iron Miriam cut out, right? Mm-hmm. That just moves around the garden periodically, and mm-hmm. um, that just helps us remember her. And and what's so important about that is because it's it's a way of remembering and processing and just honoring that life and honoring the grief and the struggle that you're in. And we just heard from uh, actually several people about a garden that you can go and visit. Well, the Memorial Garden is available to everyone, uh, not only in the Des Moines area, but to anyone who may be in the area and wants to stop by to enjoy the beautiful garden. And where is it and what church is it? It's St. John's Catholic Church in Adel, Mm -hmm. which is just to the west of Des Moines area. Okay. And so somebody who has experienced a loss and wants to go in, they can just go to the church and walk right into the memorial garden? Yes, there's no reason to call ahead. Uh, just stop by and drive around to the back parking lot of the church and you can't miss the garden. What was the heart behind the garden? There was just a small group of us who started the idea of some type of a memorial for the garden. And it came to this, you know, we just... We really didn't know what our vision was at the beginning, but it was really led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. We uh, just recently completed it only after nine months of planning. So it truly was work of the Holy Mm. Spirit. Nine months. Yes. I mean, we just want to uh, invite everyone to come visit the garden. It's not only for those grieving the loss of a miscarriage or an unborn child, but it's also for children born that were um, held in our arms for just a very short time. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Of and, yeah. And we wanted to create a place for healing 
in remembrance for people to come and mourn the loss of those children. And one of the things that they have there for you if you visit that is a rock where you can, a decorative rock, where you can put, if you if you know your baby's name, you can put it on that rock or you can just put, you know, for me, baby green yeah. <laughs> and uh, have it there. It's physical. It's tangible. It's something that you can go to and see. So thank you so much, Allison, for letting us yeah. know about that memorial garden. You know, as believers, as women, we know that our bodies were fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord. But after you go through infertility or a miscarriage or you lose a, an infant. Yes. Dr. Heidi, I think it's just natural and it's human and it's normal. I did it. I know others that have done it. Sarah sitting over here, she's shaking her head. And we just heard from a friend who called in. You can't help but feel like your body betrayed you or like you are are not as much of a woman as somebody else whose body worked for them. It's such a common reaction because it's such a personal experience, right? That one of the most sacred and special things that we as women get to do all of a sudden does not work. And um, being able to recognize that, first of all, that's a, a common reaction. It's it's not unexpected. Our body does go through a lot, um, but also recognize that part of healing and part of grief work has to be making peace with your body because if you don't make peace with your body, your body's going to hold that grief and hold that tension and healing involves letting go of that. So are you saying that by emotionally or spiritually holding something against your body, that could actually manifest itself physically? We know that from trauma work. We oh. know that the, the trauma we experience in miscarriage is absolutely a trauma to your body. It, physically, losing, emotionally, it's a trauma. Um we can hold it in our body in a way that impacts us physically, not just emotionally. Wow. So it's really important to make peace with your body. It is. And one of the things that I encourage people to do is maybe even write a letter to their body, which is like classic therapist activity, nice. right? But it's really helpful because you can say things like, I was so disappointed in you and I'm angry with you that you let me down. But then also getting to that sense of, um, compassion, understanding is I know you did your best. I know you're sad too. Mm. I know you wanted to work better than you worked for me. And that compassion of like, we're, we're in this together and recognizing your body's not your enemy. It's on the same team with you. We have heard so many amazing stories this morning, heart wrenching stories of loss, but amazing stories of how God works. I had multiple miscarriages for the first 10 years, and then I, when I had a live birth, um, a baby was then brought to us that we adopted, and I was able to nurse her also, and then I was pregnant again. So I had three babies in two years. But then, fast forward to when those little girls are four, five, and six, I was pregnant again and had a miscarriage, and the grief was even more overwhelming because now it wasn't just my husband and myself. It was also my little girl. Oh, that's um, the due date of that baby was May 9th and I had lost the baby. So I would go to the word and, you know, God would do what he does and he would support me and sustain me and encourage me and show me his promises. Um, and one day one of my little girls looked at me and just said, mommy, God will bring us another baby. <laughs> and then literally on my birthday that summer, the baby was delivered on my doorstep unexpectedly that I didn't know. We ended up adopting her. She was born 
on the due date of the baby that I lost. Whoa. Um, Wow. She's 21 now, and God is extraordinary. He does things that we could never think or imagine. There was a lot of pain and a you know, a lot of suffering during that where you're not only does your heart ache, but your physical arms ache. You watch your little children ache. You just never know how and when he's going to show up. As we have been talking about pregnancy loss, infant loss, there are so many dimensions to this grief. And Sarah, you brought up something that I hadn't even thought about. You called it grieving after grieving. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so um, you and I have a very close relationship. Mm -hmm. We obviously work together, but we're also friends. And uh, we have walked alongside each other in this journey of infertility and loss. Um, And one of the things that was hardest for me was actually getting pregnant. Mm. Um, Knowing that I had to tell you that I had to tell Lindsay um, because... There, there's this almost like guilt in that. It's like a survivor's guilt. Like a survivor's yeah. guilt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I've noticed that with other friends that uh, I've been a part of their journeys uh, of miscarriage and loss. And I don't, I don't want to be overly excited when I'm around them, and that it almost adds to my grief uh, for my loss, but also. I, I just don't know how to handle well uh, interacting with people that are also grieving, and now I'm I'm joyful. It's just a weird place to be. I, I remember feeling similarly because we were starting some fertility treatments when you were a few months into yours, and I remember feeling like if we get pregnant and they don't, I'm going to feel horrible. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to become the person that I was jealous of or hurt towards to someone who I care so deeply about. So I, I haven't been to that place yet, but I, I get what you're talking about mm-hmm. for sure. What I love about your guys' experience is that it, all of these different and hard emotions that you're feeling are because you guys really, truly care about each yep. other. And and often that happens when you're farther along in your journey of, of pregnancy and your friends struggling it's hard to know what to feel. And I think recognizing that you can feel all the things is okay. And what I love is that you guys have named it. And I yeah. think that's so important. Don't let any emotion be the elephant in the room. Put words to it. Even if all you say is, I'm not sure how to feel or what to say around mm-hmm. you, but I want you to know that I love and care about you. And I see you. I recognize that it's hard for you um, that maybe I'm further along than you. And then giving them permission. We all have limits. And sometimes limits are baby showers or baby dedications and giving your friend who is struggling and maybe not quite as far along as you are in either your healing or in your pregnancy journey, permission to have a boundary and don't take it personally. It's truly not about you. It's about their own grief and their own loss. And you can support each other by naming it and prayerfully encouraging each other. Thank you so much for being a part of this morning. It has been tough Mm -hmm. in some ways. I mean, pregnancy loss, infant loss, it is heart-wrenching. It's a tragedy, as one woman put it when she called us this morning. So thanks for hanging in here with us on a morning that was a little different on Mornings with Taylor and Jen. But uh, I hope there's one thing that's evident. We love you. We love when you tell us your stories. We love each other. Everybody in this room, we're very, very close to each other. 
But that pales in comparison to how much our God mm-hmm. loves each one of us individually as if there was only one of us. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app or on the Life 107.1 app.